want to thank you, Brother Bounds, for being willing to just come on and be a part of this. But uh, right now we're wanting to get apostolic voices out and speak to people. And so welcome to the Apostolic Voice podcast. How are things going there? What's the, what's the status of Anchor Church? Very, very good. We're, we're baptizing a lot of people right now. It's been, there have been healings. We've seen backsliders uh, that are coming back to God. There was two nights ago, a family prayed back through the Holy Ghost at home that haven't been committed in years, uh, had more contacts. Even yesterday, backsliders saying, I want to be right with God. Off of simple, simple live videos with my phone, holding it up like this and talking about earthquakes and Matthew 24 and um, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. And, uh, you know, we saw a couple of days ago in Idaho, an earthquake. And uh, on those moments, I began to preach Matthew 24. There's a famine right now or there's a drought right now in Australia. And uh, it's really stirring the heart of God's people. I personally believe, Brother Sharp, that with backsliders, Jeremiah says that he is married to the backslider. And it goes on, you know, when you study it, I believe that there's many, many people that have fallen out of the church that are still in his hand, just like uh, Eutychus fell out of the window. And I believe something like this can shape them to stir them back to the roots that were put in them many, many years ago. And so we're seeing a lot of that right now and and new people coming coming to God. So things are going well. Amen. Shut up and shut in. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's amazing. It's exciting times, really, because I think the church uh, may be uncertain right now about what it's what what maybe the role is because it's not the norm. It's not it's not church as usual, sure. if you will, what they're comfortable with. So what does the church need to be focusing on right now as a body and as individuals? Yeah, I think the church right now needs to be reaching as many people as they can. Uh, we have, for too many years, um, preached the gospel to people that have already heard it a thousand times. And unfortunately, and it moves my soul, really, is to think that all of these people in the pews aren't preaching the gospel to their family members. You know, right. I'm, I'm nothing but apostolic bishop. This is the only thing I know. I don't know what other denominations do. But as for us, there's not enough of, of the body. The scripture talks about being addicted to the ministry of the saints. And for too long, the saints have left up the ministry to the pastor. Yes, they have. And God's trying to, to mobilize the body. And we have said here, church isn't canceled, it's mobilized. Amen. And I'm trying to equip people to go teach people the gospel. Not just, not ministers only, but the saints to empower them. On August the 30th, I had a dream. And in my dream, I, uh, I was standing at a camp meeting. And at this camp meeting that I was at, I wasn't the speaker, but there was a spirit of prophecy that came over me as an attendee at the camp meeting, and they had picked it up and called me to the front to prophesy. I stood there and I lifted my hands just like this. You can see in the video, I lifted my hands just like that at the camp meeting, in the altar, I wasn't on the platform. And I said, behold, I've set before you an open door that no man can shut. 
When I did, there was a witness of the Spirit in that camp meeting. And I went from there to the other side, uh, from one, you know, dreams can be one segment at a time. I went to the other side of the altar, and I'm standing there, and I start prophesying. I lift my hands again, and I said, behold, the open door is the door to the North American church where God is going to fill millions of people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, in that moment, I, I prayed, and I said, God, I was standing beside Brother Mark Morgan on the platform. Anthony Mangan was there in my dream, and I remember him looking at me with question, not questioning the prophecy, but how is it going to happen? And I told God, I said, we have prophecy, we have, we have prophecy, we've got inspiration, but we do not have instruction. And I lifted my hands and immediately it just dropped into my spirit, mm. just like that in my dream. And the instruction came in and a voice from heaven spoke to me and said, and said this statement to me, said, don't wait for people that are converted to get all the knowledge of the truth to release them. He said in the dream, release them upon the level of their knowledge and experience to tell their friends and families, members, what have happened. That's why you see a very powerful moment in scripture where it says, he said, all I know is I was blind, yeah. but now I see. <laughs> I will never again teach a Bible study for people just to know the truth. I will teach a Bible study for them to teach the Bible study. Does that make Amen. sense? Amen. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Yes. You know, we, we've we had a wrong concept, and you're right. I agree with you. This is why I say this, that that uh, people have to be established before they can go out. Or, you know, we've got to get them anchored in truth. Now, all that's true, of course, and we want to do that. <clears throat> but I, I came in as a 27-year-old man uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, um, had, a, had a beard, didn't look Pentecost, and God moved on me immediately to go out and reach out. And uh, I'm just going to be very candid. My pastor and his wife didn't want me to because I did not fit the bill. They were embarrassed for me to go around saying I went to their church. But God spoke to me to do it. I went out and started knocking doors. I, I went out as an absolute, just I'm talking a one-week-old <laughs> convert reaching souls um, and God was doing it. I knew the voice of the Lord. And so this is what it's about. It is about reaching out. And anybody can do it. All they got to have is a testimony, and they've got one. They do. I agree. I agree with that. That's a powerful, it's a powerful concept. A prophecy really. went forth over the pulpit that said, Babe, you're not going to have time to get them out of diapers, but babies are going to be changing babies and you're going to be baptizing hundreds by the weekend, a weekend. It's going to be hundreds a weekend, and babies will be changing babies. You won't have time to get everybody right. And only God can do that. Only, yes. No, you're right. And I'm letting people that are not necessarily called to the ministry even baptize. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. what if we get to a place that we can't use the baptism? Right, yeah. Preacher can't get there because of sickness. I'm letting right. people baptized that aren't necessarily an elder, uh, and uh, and I'm seeing this, seeing this happen. New people coming in, and uh, it, it's amazing what's happening. They are winning people. Praise God. To God. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. It's exciting. I love it. I love it. Yes. I love it. 
We've got to reach as many people. Yes, sir. There's one thing I could say. We've got to reach as many people. Paul would turn over in his grave, and he thought the apostolic church preached the gospel twice a week in a building to people that have heard the gospel a thousand times and were already saved. They would roll over in their, he would roll over in his grave about this. Yeah. One, one week, uh, one year ago, my friend, Josh Carson was preaching and here at the church in Zanesville. And he made a statement. He said, they did not pray for Simon Peter to get out of jail in Acts chapter 12, uh, to just better him. He said, they prayed for him to get out of prison to advance the kingdom. And it hit me, Bishop, it hit me, Pastor Sharp, that in his day, the way they would stop the spreading of the gospel was to imprison the preacher. Yeah. And it hit me, what is the modern day prison of the gospel? It is a church building. Mm. It's, a, it's a hard one to swallow, but it's the truth. God never intended for the gospel to be confined to the walls of a church building. We've got to get this out. I even said a few weeks ago, spirit of prophecy had come over me. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if some miracle stopped happening in the sanctuary and they start happening in the streets because God's not limited to this. I really believe if, if there is millions, and I believe what God showed me, millions of people with the Holy Ghost, our buildings can't contain them. Our UPC building, uh, a building right now, 300, there's it average building seats 300. There's about 5,000. That's 1.5 million constituents can be seated in our buildings. When millions do it, it's bigger than the building. Yeah. Yeah. The building will only be a training center. It won't be for anything else. Uh, we're going to have to get in a, get out of this and, and it'll change. It has to change to, to reach this world. There's no way we can do it like we're doing it. So how does the average Pentecostal, if you will, the average saint on the pew that's not, that's not used to this, what do they need to do to transition? What kind of prayers do they need to be praying right now to help them prepare themselves to be the catalyst for the revival? Be a part or, or get cut off. It's be fruitful or, or start losing what you got. They need to start teaching their own children Bible studies instead of leaving that devotion or doctrine up to a Sunday school teacher uh, once uh, one hour a week. Uh, they've got to be the training. They're, they're trained at church. They train the kid at home. They need to indoctrinate their own family. I have never personally taught a Bible study to someone, and I try to get in somebody's life for a long period of time. Once I start, I try to stay in. I've never taught a home Bible study that it didn't grow. Uh, a family member sure. came in. A neighbor came in. Somebody else, a cousin, someone, someone else come into the Bible study. And I believe it's the same way at home. The gospel always spreads. And if they would start by teaching their own family and then step out and start teaching their neighbors to become confident to teach the simple apostolic message. It's so simple. Uh, death, burial, and resurrection. With their testimony. Are you doing any video Bible studies? Are are you finding people kind of fearful to to let you in their home or get a, you know what I mean? I, I see a lot of people that are scared here. Sure, it's it's that way here. Uh, there has been some hesitance with that, uh, but I have made that uh, I have made that offer that because somebody I was going to teach 
there was somebody who wanted me to teach their boyfriend, fiance, a Bible study. I was going to go, but the kids were sick. And they're like, well, we don't know if they had COVID-19 or not. And I said, well, let's do video sure. and let's try that. But they were hesitant with that. But mm -hmm. I do think that is an option that somebody can do FaceTime right. with a friend. Sure. I'm trying to encourage the saints here. You got to step out. You got to step out. And I had them. We did this deal called Project 1000 about where we wanted to see a certain number here for Easter in two services. And I made them make a list of 10 names. I told them, make a list, pray the list, and work the list. So I said, you can get more names than that, but make a list, pray the list, and work a list. Amen. I heard Tom Paul this one time. And uh, I told them, I encouraged them, even from video, I said, you need, now that you're at your home, call them and pray for them on the phone. Hey, is there any questions that you have? Can I pray for you? Just those simple, shallow steps that bring great results. Well, they're really not that shallow. I mean, I know what you're saying. They're simple. But boy, they when you start praying and you start talking to people, God gets right in the middle of it. You're doing the will yes. of God. And, and I think mobilizing the church right now, you know, there's a... Um, I recognize that we're dealing with the fear, we're dealing with government, we're dealing with a lot of things, but there's people like, like these people that just prayed through this week and at your church, these people coming in praying through, they're hungry, they're scared even, maybe. You know what I mean? They're, they're thinking, I don't want to be left out. Uh, it's, it's stirring people. That's what that backslider said. She said, it's so ironic. I didn't go to church and now I want to be at church so bad and I can't. And when she came, God renewed her with the Holy Ghost. That means there was two renews. We had we had five back, two backsliders get the Holy Ghost and three new ones. I mean, it's happening right now. Yeah, it's happening yeah, right it now. It's it's it, the iron is hot. People's hearts are prepared. And if the church sit back sits back and hides or or says I'm comfortable with online church, I don't want to get comfortable with online church. No, 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 I, I agree. I think people are asking questions right now. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where, where who they are, or where they are. They're saying, is this a sign? We've never seen anything. I have a lady in the church, 95 years old. She said, I've never seen anything like right. this. And people like Bishop was saying, and like you're saying, the iron is hot. People are open to know what do you believe? Why are the world's going on? I mean, we're, we're in a generation, they don't know Genesis, the first book right. of the Bible. Yeah. No Samson and Delilah. They don't, haven't heard of David and Goliath. Um, it's a great opportunity for the people that's been in church for a long time and with a testimony to start sharing what they know. Amen. Yes, it is. Amen. <clears throat> Has God given you a word for this season? You feel like what it is, what you shared is it? Or has he given you a clear word? I believe uh, the Lord showed me that something like this was going to happen. And uh, I, I was waiting on it. That something would happen to shut America down, to bring people to their knees. I, I've even told my friends this. I had one call me the other day and he said, well, this is what you said was going to happen. I said, well, the Lord showed me. Because we couldn't have, uh, and, and a couple of things, because God can't speak, God doesn't speak to a busy mind, 
and he will not speak to a weary mind. God does not speak to a busy mind or a weary mind. There has to be sometimes a setback. I believe Paul had to be in prison so he could write the scripture. Sure. Socialism, uh, the busy lifestyle. He could have never written what he had written. Because Holy Ghost spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And when people go home now, they're they're flooded with entertainment, they're they're weary or whatever. But right now, people have time to listen to what God is saying. And I believe something like this was going to happen for the millions to receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, again, I feel like the word is the 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 church is not a building. Amen. It's where the church gathers or assembles. The church is not a building. I can't say it. I can't say it without tears in my eyes. I know the moments that God has spoken to me about what he's going to do in this in this nation. And we've locked it up in a building. And there are millions of people that have never felt what we feel. There's millions of people that have never heard what we get to hear. Amen. Amen. And this is an opportunity for an encounter for the church to become the church. I would encourage everybody listening, everybody watching. I would encourage them. You need to step out in faith. I remember when I had to step out and witness somebody for the first time. I was 12 years old. God was. I was at a doctor's office. God was moving on me to witness to this person, and uh, and what happened is is. I was pacing back and forth, thinking about what is she going to say. I finally went up. I said, my name's Aaron. I'm 12 years old. and But my daddy was a soul winner, man. He was always winning souls and teaching Bible studies. We were getting ready. We had just planted the church. And I invited this lady to come. I'm sorry that is making noise here. Let me, uh, let me do this real quick. Um, but I invited this lady to church. I said, my name's Aaron, and I would love. <laughs> For you to come to church with me. You know, she did. She came and gave her life to God. She became the ladies director of that home missions church. <laughs> but I was scared to death. But I had yeah. a love of God and a love for the gospel that said, I'm going to, I'd rather be rejected than to not get take an opportunity to invite this lady to the house of God to witness to her. But I think that's what they need to do. They ought to call somebody and override their nervousness. Bible says he gave him boldness in Acts 4. Yep. Pray for yep. boldness. Amen. Yes. What certain sounds do you feel like God is speaking through you to the church? What things do you find yourself repeating? What things do you find yourself bringing peace to the situation? I mean, just, you know, that word that you can't get away from, it keeps repeating itself. Intercession. Intercession. Understanding. That is a word that's been, I can't, I can't stop crying over the, the, the burden that God's put in my heart, having prayer at home. And I think that's so key right now is people learn to pray without being uh, coaxed or coached. Amen. To, without music, I mean, I love nothing, nothing like a good old-fashioned apostolic worship service. But they didn't, have, they didn't have it the way we have it. They didn't have church the way we do. There's Amen. not musical instrument that I find in the New Testament. Now, I'm for it. But what I'm saying is, it's almost as if they've got to be primed and pushed to get to a place after a 45-minute sermon of some powerful faith stories. and They only get that at church. When God's revealing, it can happen at home. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I do believe that's right now. You know, Daniel feared not praying more than he did the lion's den. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. And, and was passionate about getting a hold of God. And I, I'm seeing families that their children are praying through at home now. Kids that were nervous to pray are now breaking out in prayer. I've seen intercession break out in my, my own home with my children who are 15, 14, 12, and 7. And uh, becoming so, so powerful, really, is the atmosphere of a move of God at the house. Amen. Amen. Bishop, what what what's your thoughts right now? What the Lord is doing through through the COVID nineteen? Well, like you, I have thought for years something's got to happen to bring in America down. Uh, something's got to happen to shake people up. You know, when you're when all is well and you're rich and increased in goods, it's very hard to turn to God. And uh, America's been that way for a long time. but So what's happening now? Um, not going to say the Lord's caused it. I don't care what's caused it, but the Lord's using it. And we need to jump on board here and, and just realize that people are looking for answers right now. And that's why, he, you know, I say a certain sound. We need to tell them the answer. We need to have a clear voice. We need to just tell them straight up, you know, listen, I know what can take care of everything. I know what you need. And uh, they're hungry. Um, I had a neighbor just, just walk up to me and start asking me questions about the Bible. Well, they know I'm the preacher. Uh, everybody in the neighborhood knows I'm the preacher, you know. But the reason he's asking the questions is they're hungry. And I know that. Yeah. And so... I think people, I'm a, I don't want people to get afraid. Um, we're hearing some very gloomy reports, and they say they're going to get worse and worse. I heard this morning uh, the, the prediction was this could run through August, as, as late as August. Um, well, a lot of these people are out of work. Every waitress is out of work. Uh, you know, there are thousands of people that are out of work. And so right. uh, there's going to be a lot of people getting afraid. But if there's one thing that doesn't need to happen, the church doesn't need to be afraid. And if anybody manifests faith right now, it's got to be us. And so uh, I think that message has got to be preached. You know, people have got to get it. They've got to get on board with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I'm into home Bible study, but I realize now even you know the Bible studies I'm teaching, some of them are afraid to have me around. They're they're nervous now, and so I'm going to video Bible study them. Um, you know, I I think we're getting in a place to where we're going to have to work video. We just got to do it. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I feel the same. I think that uh, you know, preaching to a screen and no one in the building has been a challenge for me. I mean, we live stream every Sunday, yeah. but preach it to an yeah. empty building, you know. But it, it has to be done. Yeah. Uh, it's it's necessary. And the, re, the reports and the thing that's happening because we're still preaching the gospel. Right. And I think on a local level, people start becoming passionate about teaching the Word of God to their friends and family members, having conversations about the truth. I'm like you. There's got to be that certain sound and... 
this apostolic message, we have been made for this. We have. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel one ounce of fear in on yeah, any level. Yeah. Now I'm not being yeah, careless yeah. either, but uh, and I've followed all the bands and things of that nature, even with our staff. But I I have no fear of any any of yeah. them. Uh, the yeah. church is going to flourish, yes, and I believe the people. I really do. I believe the body is going to step up like we've never seen. They've it. got to. It's our time. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw throw a little differently thought here, maybe the opposite thought. The Bible says walk circumspectly, so we know it's time for revival. It's time for God to move. We want to be uh, we want to catch every opportunity. The iron's hot. What should the church be wise to? What's going to try to creep in during this time and and blind? What what areas do we need to be watchful in, careful in? So that we keep moving, so that we gain the momentum we need, and the enemy's not able to work through some other method. Is it fear? Is it what's going to try to creep in now and hinder the church since we're not in the building? Yeah, I think one of the things could be people become comfortable being at home. Amen. And they create some on video church. Um, I think that could be one of the things. So they need to watch out for that. They need to, what do they need to do? Get together with the body, find someone to fellowship with. How, what do you suggest? I think they need to make a covenant that if the doors of the church are open, they're going to be there. Uh, Hebrews 10, forget not the assembling of yourselves together. Just because we can't, we can't. You know, people are, are habitual creatures. They, they follow paths of habits. And uh, looking at potentially, you're saying maybe August. You know, I, I know they just today change the band from August uh, from April the 6th to May 1st. You never know. It might get pushed back again, like you're saying. But people can very easily become comfortable sitting at home in their pajamas and a sweet tea and listen to the sermon. Well, we're preaching against that. We're telling them you got to get dressed, turn the phone <laughs> off, get the kids dressed, get them in here, and let's have church. <laughs> yeah, we, got, we, got how, we got how to have a move of God guidelines. <laughs> I love it. And I think I think it's necessary, really, because otherwise they're doing everything but right. staying right. The kids are video gaming while mom and dad's watching. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you can't have distraction. No, everything's got to go off. I think that saints have got to treat it, treat the service as if they're in service, honoring. They have the to. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're not going to get out of it what it's intended to do for them. Amen. Shouldn't be talking and playing and laughing. They need to be sitting there, focused and listening. And a move of God, If in that case, the homes that are having a move of God are treating it just passively. They're getting their stuff done while listening to the sermon. Right. They, they've got this other screen over here. They're watching social media while they're doing it. If they would treat it as if they're at church, I think they'll be primed and ready when they come back, honestly. Amen. I agree with you. And I and in fact... Uh, Last night, uh, we we recorded the service. I sat at home with my wife. We worshiped during the worship. We praised God together. We amened ourselves. <laughs> we, you know what I mean? We are going to have church. We want a move of God. <laughs> what do you feel like, just to recap, we need to do to get this thing moving in the right direction? Yes, I think... 
I think there's a level of gratitude that's going to come over our people for the for the people of God, uh, for the house of God. I've had people. It. They said, "I am, I am hurting inside to not be able to be with my brothers and sisters." Amen. Say it's painful. You know, it's interesting. You're talking about a double increase, increased faith. When when the disciples asked for their faith to be increased. Uh, Jesus looked at his disciples. He said, he said, when the master comes to the house and he is sitting there and, and he tells the servant who has worked all day long, he says to the servant, he says, go get, go, go get me something to eat. Then you can get something to eat. You know, you know what parable I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. And uh, he said, when that servant who's worked all day long feeds the master, he said, does the master say to him, thank you? And he said, no, he doesn't say thank you. You know why? Because expectation typically comes with a attitude instead of gratitude. And you look on down, he goes from that parable, goes down, and there's 10 lepers that call on him. He heals all of them, but only one show up grateful and thankful. I mean, they were saying things like, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on them. They had expectation he could heal them. But they weren't really grateful for what he had done. Only one was grateful. I do believe in your double that there's going to be this spirit of gratitude Hallelujah. like we've never seen. I was glad Hallelujah. when they said Amen. to me, Hallelujah. let us go to the house of the Lord. All of these expectations they have on us for perfect sermons and better have something fresh. They don't care. When they come in, they're just going to be so glad to be in the house of God, to, to, to have some kids in another room while they're worshiping. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's I had somebody awesome. call me. They it's said, do you realize they are going to fill that church up? You're going to have to have more than one service. People are going to be so excited to be at the house of God. That's I do, the truth. I think that's going to happen. Amen. Gratitude yeah. is is coming to that's us. That's what the bishop said. He said, if there's one service I want to make before I die, that's one service I'm definitely not going to miss is when we get together again. <laughs> I'm with you, Bishop. <laughs> I'm with you. It's going to be a shout down, I believe. Oh, my goodness. I got the feeling about every backslider around is going to be making their way in. It's going to be an incredible move of God. Hallelujah. And God will draw them. He's going to be drawing them. He's drawing them right now. God's stirring right. up America. Amen. He's stirring them up. I believe the politicians are stirred. The police are stirred. The doctors are stirred. The nurses are stirred. Everybody right now is stirred. And, uh, they and, are. And, uh, you know, we've got such a peace about this. We've got no fear. We've got no worry about this. We know everything's going to be all right. And uh, the world doesn't feel that way. They're, I mean, they do. Uh, there's a lot of people that have optimism, but yet at the same time, they don't see, they're looking at it 100% naturally, and we're looking at it spiritually. So there is a big difference. I got two nurses that are working in the hospital here, and they're married, they're a couple. And uh, she said she's already had people come to her, and they're saying, Why are you not afraid? And I told her, I said, Listen, your testimony right now is going to be, is going to separate you from the Christians. There's a lot of people that say they believe, but they're not demonstrating faith. And they're going to recognize you got something they need. And your lifestyle, she's yes. walking in a room, she's, she's, she's dealing with COVID-19 patients. And uh, she's, yeah. she said, 
You know, she's got to walk in with the mess. She's dealing with them. They've had to isolate themselves from their family, quarantine from their family, just because they're constantly going into the hospital every day and working. And she, I told her, this is your testimony to everybody on your floor, to every patient, to every coworker, because the coworkers are the ones that are scared. And, uh, and wow. she's walking in there with total confidence, total peace. I said, they're seeing something in you that's different. This is a living testimony right now. I believe that. I believe people that. without fear. And if we get sick, what are we afraid of? What sure. can we do about it? You know, it's, yes. like, it's like if God's got, got us, God's got us. God's got Job. Uh, you know, I'm not saying we can't get sick and die. But I'm saying, sure. let the will of the Lord be done. But He will deliver us from your hand, O King. Right. I mean, that, we're not bowing. <laughs> no. No, and man, I can feel your all's faith even talking to you. It's just what's happening in the body. The spirit of it resonates with us. Yes. You know, the yes. all the time in Scripture, you know, Scripture talks about no faith, little faith, great faith, and perfect faith. The only time it says no faith is when he said, why are you so fearful? Yep. Mm -hmm. How is it that you have no faith? Yep, yep, and because um, uh, faith and fear can operate at the same time. And no, we they can't. Faith, people, man, I just know it's going to be it's all gonna right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all it right. Is. Everything's going to be all right. Yes, sir. We're excited. We're excited about what God is doing, is going to do. And uh, I believe it's going to happen like he said. I believe a doubling is coming. And yes. it's going to be something probably worldwide. This is a worldwide epidemic. Isn't that interesting? Shaking up the whole world. Well, it's our time. It's our time. Boy, it is. This is what I feel for your church right Hallelujah. now. It's come over me. You, you cannot, when I was stepping back in the office, uh, you cannot just believe that it's going to be in that building and multiple services mm -hmm. in your building. Mm -hmm. Your double does not look like probably what you picture the double. God spoke to me a double in 2000 and. Um, it was 2009. God spoke to me this. And uh, I, I came into church for prayer. The Lord put this on my heart to share this with you all tonight. When I was walking back here, God just dropped this in my spirit to share this. And uh, I didn't realize when God told me to share this that it had something to do with the double. But this was when God promised, promised me a double revival. I walked into the sanctuary uh, back in 2009, and uh, when I did, I remember I, I walked through the back door, I turned right, walked another wall, we used to have sconce lights. When I got to the third sconce light, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm tired of men putting me in a box. Boy, I was like, amen, God. I'm telling you that, I'm not saying that just casually that he spoke to me. He spoke to me that. When I got in front of the pulpit, the Lord said, and I'm tired of men telling me what I can uh. do. And I'm like, oh, God, men shouldn't be telling you what you can do. That was on Monday. On Friday, Bishop Mark Morgan was preaching for us. And the first time he'd ever been at our church, it was Thursday and then Friday. And on Friday, he stopped and he said, why? Why is it that when God gives a pastor a prophecy, he pictures it happening in his box? That's what he said. And he turned around and said, you better get ready to pastor cities. That's what he told me. He said, are you ready? I said, I don't know. I don't even know what that means, really. But he said, get ready to pastor cities. 
And I'm going to say this to you all. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I see it in the spirit. I see evangelists coming out of your church. I see preachers coming out of that building. For he didn't say lift your eye on the field for it's ready to harvest. He said lift your eye on the fields for they are white and ready to harvest. God has given you all divine authority. Hallelujah. God has given you divine favor. And he's going to allow you to reach more than the field where you pastor. There's going to be many churches that are going to come out of your church. When you picture the double, do not picture it on a sunny morning in your box like I was told by Brother Morgan. Picture it. They're going to come out. He and Lord, consistency with the apostolic message, God, Lord, the tremendous, tremendous fruit system that this church has is going to produce much fruit in many regions, I pray in the name of Jesus. So come to pass in Jesus' name. I feel that. I can see preachers coming out. I can see couples coming out of your building, spreading the gospel with fervor and passion and purpose. I'm telling you, I see it. Hallelujah. Now, come to Let it be. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Let it be, Lord. I receive it. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Bounds, I I had a series of dreams years ago, and, and they have been, it was showing me my life in ministry, and they fulfilled, they've been fulfilled, except for the last part of the last dream. And uh, in that, the, the building was full. And that building, I believe, was the building that we're in now. This is uh, my third building. And the building was full. And uh, I walked out of the building and walked, and there was a, a fence outside the building. And thousands and thousands of sheep uh, so tightly together they couldn't move. And I'm walking the fence and I'm stopping and I'm looking at the sheep. And in my heart, in my spirit is, they're okay. They're safe. They're okay. And I've got this concern. They're okay. Everything's all right as I walked. But uh, they're not in the building, Brother Bounds. Thousands and thousands and thousands of sheep, and they're not in the building. They're all outside the building. The building's full. But, but what, what God's got me doing is walking out of the building, making sure the sheep are okay. And, yes. and uh, yeah. that, is, that is where we're headed right now. That's probably where you're headed. Yeah. That's probably where every revivalistic Pastor, evangelist, missionary is headed. Um, it's apostolic. It's purely apostolic. Hallelujah. Feel this so strong, what you're Hallelujah. saying. It's so right, what you're saying right now. I believe that dream. Yeah. Yeah, it's every dream, every part of the three dreams has been fulfilled except that part. But I know that part's here because right before that part, um, I met a great lion, and I recently met that lion. And so that part of the dream was fulfilled, and so now we go into this part. And all of this probably has play in that. Whew. 
I agree. You've been training. You've been teaching. You've held on to the truth. Man, there's greatness. Amen. Amen. We're all headed for it. We're Amen. all in it. And uh, yes, sir. we're excited about it. But my son felt uh, such a burden that he just wanted to talk to you and, and get you. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you make yourself available, that you will do something like this and take a little time out of your day for us. Uh, thank you for the word of the Lord. I believe it with all of my I heart. I receive it. So honored that you'd ask me. Really am. Have a lot of respect for you all and what you're doing. And uh, so thankful for your ministry. Here's so many great things. Just excited for you. Well, and, we feel the uh, same way. Amen. I feel one more thing to say to you is expect miracles when you're preaching to people at their home. It's just like Acts 19. He'd work special miracles by the hand of Paul. But they took the prayer cloths from him and laid them on them. I do believe that God's going to work miracles while we're oh, preaching. Even, even pre-recorded things are going to yes. have effect because of its intention and its purpose. You want to see miracles at the house. When you're praying, pray against cancer, pray against sickness. I believe it's so strong that God is going to heal them in their living room. Amen. God's going to use their hand. They're going to turn and lay hands on people in their home. Yes. And God's going to heal them. This is special. You know what? He shut your whole schedule down so you could just talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel important right there. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. Love you much. Tell your family we love them. We love Zanesville. Thank you, Brother Bounds. Thanks so much. Love, love you, man. Love you too. God bless. bless you. Keep you in prayer now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.